Welcome to Cult and Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to this episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast, the podcast where we bring you two thematically linked films, one mainstream and one cult, and talk about them both. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, and with me today I have uh, theater major, uh, performance aficionado, and literary critic, my beautiful wife, Corinne Porter. How are you doing, Corinne? Good. <laughs> good. Good at that introduction through through you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we may be joined later by other contributors, but at the moment, it's the two of us, and we are going to talk about the first in this sections pairings we've got uh, a pairing that i like to call racer racer part one is 2006's um dumb comedy which is what i like to call films that are just absurd and it is talladega nights the ballad of ricky bobby this is a very i mean it's a mainstream film that's that's well known and loved by many it of course stars will ferrell john c Riley, amy adams sasha barra cohen um, uh, so many, uh, Gary Cole, who I absolutely think is phenomenal. So let, let's talk about this. I want to start by saying I used to really not like Will Ferrell performances. <laughs> um, I actually, the first one, which I think many, many people had the first experience with Will Ferrell was Elf. And while many, I understand listeners that many of you truly love that movie. Uh, it's probably your favorite holiday movie. I personally have never been able to make it through the film Elf. It is Will Ferrell screaming for two hours uh, with occasional moments where Zoe Deschanel just stares as though she's an alien from another planet, shocked at everything she's seeing. Zoe Deschanel is an alien from another planet, but that's another podcast. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. So um, that is <laughs> that is that was my introduction. I did not a joyous performance but later on i was uh told that i had to watch anchorman and i begrudgingly enjoyed it and by this point in time after watching many will ferrell performances uh watching his interviews some of his shorts uh on on funny or die and otherwise i find will ferrell to be hilarious and delightful and uh this is one of my favorites of will ferrell's actually this movie is a Boof, I guess you would call it, of NASCAR. Uh, it is, of course, I'm not a NASCAR person. Uh, I have been to stock car races many times in my youth, but NASCAR was not something I followed. Uh, it just never really called to me. But this movie sort of lampoons stereotypes of really NASCAR movies. Um, I think of like, like racing movies, like Days of Thunder uh, with Tom Cruise, which interestingly enough john c Riley was actually in that movie as a member of tom cruise's character's pit crew but this movie follows a super like murica like super white bread um obnoxious ugly american kind of character ricky bobby played by will ferrell who uh has an absentee father that told him one time uh, if you're not first, you're if you ain't first, you're last, which is actually something Vince Lombardi said in a way. Uh, and and basically that makes Will Ferrell strive to win every race. And he becomes very famous and other race car drivers are impressed by him as well. There's lots of cameos from NASCAR legends in there. 
And uh, John C. Riley is his best friend who is on the team, but mostly just serves as his pit crew because uh, Ricky Bobby doesn't want to share the wins. He has a trophy wife, two really obnoxious kids named after the Chuck Norris TV show, Walker, Texas Ranger. So we have Walker and Ranger, I think, right? Uh, And and it is, you know, which the show, if you've never seen Walker, Texas Ranger, do me a favor and just go YouTube it right now. It doesn't matter what pulls up. It's just the theme song is, I'm going to say this once, sung by Chuck Norris. And uh, I need you to do this if you haven't heard it. Look it up so you can decide for yourself if that is a hidden Chuck Norris talent or the most horrible mistake ever created uh, and put onto film and audio. And actually, the son's names are Walker, and the other son is named Texas Ranger. His name's not just Ranger, Ranger, it's Texas Ranger. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So you can kind of see the humor (laughs) that this movie has, the kind of insanity. So this movie follows... um, Ricky Bobby from his peak where he's winning everything to a crash where he actually wrecks and has PTSD from it and can no longer race. So he loses his wife to his best friend, John Cirelli, who doesn't really understand why they can't still be friends, even though he's taken his wife and his home and his, and his family. Uh, and Ricky Bobby moves in with his mother played by Jane Lynch. Uh, of course, legendary actress. You might treasure. be noticing Yes, you might be noticing that there is also a trend of people now, John C. Reilly, um, Jane Lynch. There are a lot of people from Wreck-It Ralph here. Uh, and that is uh, that is a fun little extra tidbit. I don't think it's necessarily, <laughs> I don't think it's really the cause, but it's fun. So Ricky Bobby is no longer able to race and he ends up coming across his father. In fact, his father seeks him out. Uh, Gary Cole is an alcoholic, essentially an alcoholic derelict by choice. And he says he's going to help Ricky Bobby race again. He wants to to go fast again. And through a series of insane, hilarious hijinks, it works. And Ricky Bobby returns to race against both his best friend who took his spot on his racing team and Sasha Baron Cohen's character, who is perhaps the most offensive French stereotype in the history of French stereotypes, yet somehow is a very likable, probably the the best character, like the most, con- like the most good character in the movie. Uh, <laughs> he actually is like a good person and he's a gay uh, racer. And this was sort of a lovely, um, it was just an impressive moment, right? Because Sacha Baron Cohen's character in this is over-the-top, ridiculous French stereotype, but at the same time maintains a sense of sort of grace and politeness and, he's, and gentleness. Yeah, he's, he's immaculately dressed. His hair is perfectly coiffed. Um, he has, is it an espresso or a cappuccino maker in his Formula One in racing car? car. <laughs> um, he there's like a fight scene where he tells like ricky bobby he goes say you love crepes or i will break your arm and he's like no i refuse and then they realize like ricky bobby realizes what crepes are <laughs> and it's like, like those oh, thin oh. pancakes he's like oh those are really good i love those and he's like all right just say you love crepes and like he tries to yeah he's like uh, he's just like just say you love <laughs> thin pancakes and, yeah. and he's like he's, he's a very like, reasonable that's, yeah that's a fair compromise and he won't do it right so um <laughs> Even when so, he's antagonizing Ricky Bobby, he is still like the less yeah, aggressive, he's, the less uh, he's uncouth. 
person he's in the a room, nice guy the least uncouth person in the room yeah he's a nice guy and we learned the reason he he came because he did race formula one and now he's moved to stock cars formula in the US. Uh. Uh. It's, it's so stupid but it's really funny <laughs> um and yeah okay so he moved to the u.s to go into stock cars because he wants to be beaten by someone it's that whole like you know by the best by the best that whole like um so then he can retire and yes, create pet currency <laughs> yeah as, as in currency for dogs and cats with his partner that's the stupidest thing i ever heard which is of course <laughs> um ricky bobby's response uh it's just it's it's insane and of course they do have a big epic race off everything is resolved on um, the people you don't like get their comeuppance kind of you know but it's really it's a light movie um nobody dies uh that we know of oh it's just it's a very fun movie i i was surprised when i saw it because i really as i said i'm not a nascar fan um so i wasn't expecting to really like it but this is a really solid will ferrell movie and that's no surprise because it's co-written by will ferrell and adam mckay adam mckay also directed it very famous for i mean the most famous will ferrell projects have been um with and from adam mckay of course anchorman um and then of course talladega nights then we have the other guys which is another favorite <laughs> anchorman too you know it's just there's a lot of of a lot of good talent in here he also people forget he wrote um uh, the movie vice about uh, the sort of snarky um film about vice president during bush's campaign and he also wrote the first ant-man film for marvel uh, so he has a pedigree here uh, and it plays out and something that you may know if you watch a lot of will ferrell movies a lot of these adam mckay movies a huge amount of it is improv uh, by the cast which is why it's so important and it's it's why i think not just because they like each other but it's why they're careful about working with certain people like they have the same people movie after movie because john c Riley and will ferrell are great improv actors and then you're joined by sasha baron cohen who is frankly probably among them the best improv actor it is his entire deal uh it's if only you his whole thing <laughs> it's his whole thing of course you know we're talking about uh, a little movie called borat you may borat, have heard yes, in, the, the, in borat the early 2000s and, and uh and bruno and the the recent borat sequel um where rudy giuliani tries to get a massage from an underage girl or someone he thinks oh. is underage all these insane things uh yeah and he's still he's still out there doing his thing making money which is lovely melting and having flies attack him so <laughs> yes slowly melting we, before our eyes we have we have an incredible cast like i said amy adams is in this too she doesn't have a big part uh but she has a really great scene in a bar which we'll touch on and uh gary cole let's go back gary cole is a stellar actor he has done a lot of serious work i first realized his awesomeness when i saw the tv show american gothic in the 90s if nobody is if listeners haven't heard of that and you like sort of x filesy millennium oddities uh check it out because it's a really great sort of rural american drama that is tinged with with lots of horror and gary cole plays a lead character that is seemingly the devil he's a human but he seems to be the devil it's really fantastic uh and so we knew he was good uh corinne and i actually had the good fortune thanks to corinne's theater work to see him in a um a preview show where he played uh one of the leads in superior donuts which is a really 
excellent fantastic beautiful play and he was fantastic really in it and uh interestingly enough if that sounds familiar to you but you're not a theater person they did try a very unfortunate tv series on it where of course they lightened the racial tension and made it into a weird sitcom it sounds like i i did not have the misfortune of watching it but it sounded pretty awful uh thanks production so i hope at least the the screw the theater writer made money off it so what does this movie do it makes me happy i'm going to move to you corinne uh what was your experience with talladega nights before we watched it for this and how do you feel now that we've watched it for the second third fourth whatever time this was um i had remember i remembered liking the movie um i like will ferrell i was the one who told you you had to watch anchorman because anchorman Correct. changed my life um i did not realize how much of this movie my sister and i quote on a weekly basis <laughs> <laughs> I, it is very quotable i would say almost daily like anytime we're stressed about something we'll be like i can't calm down there's a cougar on me um or like we'll see we'll be struggling with something we'll be like tom cruise help me use your witchcraft <laughs> um <laughs> uh, and sometimes Kristen will just be like, I am coming for you, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> um, it is. It, it's just, it, the, the quotes make no sense out of context, but it's, as you mentioned, it's these fantastic actors being given free reign to just say the most wild thing that comes into their brain. And it is, I didn't realize how quotable it was, but like, it, it's just, I, and I think you see this in other movies like Anchorman, um, it's just the complete commitment to the stupid. Yes. It's like there is no fear of looking too stupid. And when they fully commit to it, it it's absurd, but it works because everyone, like they always have a straight man. Like I think Amy Amy Adams' character ends up being the straight man in this movie. Um, but to have everyone else around the straight character be so fully committed to the absurdity that it creates this whole other universe where like, oh, this is how people act in this universe. And uh, it just, it's like, you almost believe it. Like, it's like, they're the Meryl Streep's of Stupid. absurdity and that like, cause they <laughs> commit to it so fully, you almost believe like the situation is real. Even when there's like a puppet cougar attacking somebody because the characters are acting like, yes, there is a cougar attacking this guy in his car right now. So I, as far as the quoted material, here's a little just, a little number that may kind of help people understand how quotable this movie is. So if you were to go on a site like IMDb, that is sort of a review aggregate, but it's also a, a sort of like a, almost a variety magazine. It's got a production um, information and things in production, but movies tend to have um, additional factoids people can enter. One of which is quotes. Uh, usually there's like, I don't know, four or five, maybe 10 on a, a really famous film. Uh, with a strong script this has over 50 that people have entered into this <laughs> film um there's of course the the one of the taglines if you ain't first you're last uh then they uh, it's this is this is one of john c Riley's lines which i think is uh improv uh, i like to picture jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt 
because it says I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. Party. Like, it's just there are so many, so many lines. Um, and of course, you mentioned the famous uh, the line that was in the trailer in parts when Ricky Bobby first wrecks his car. Uh, he thinks he screams that he's on fire uh, and takes off all of his clothes and is running around in his tidy whitey underwear on the track screaming help me jesus help me jewish god help me allah help me tom cruise tom cruise use your witchcraft on me to get the fire off me with people <laughs> with people screaming after him that uh he does he's not on fire that he's not on fire uh, i think he one also which, calls out to oprah winfrey which he does call fair. out to oprah at one point right she's a very powerful lady she's um, a powerful woman i think she could solve a lot of problems i i love that people are chasing after him as he's screaming these things and they have uh, Michael Clark Duncan with his incredibly deep voice uh, <laughs> shouting at him over it. You're not on fire, Ricky Bobby. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's it's really nice. Um, you have also, uh, it's, it's important, I think, to mention that Greg, um, I don't know if he says his name, Ger I think he says German, but German, German, as Larry Dennett Jr., who takes over the team and is instrumental in pushing Bobby off the team and, and uh, having his best friend take his place. And his wife, is a little role, but is played by Molly Shannon, who so as like this drunk, <laughs> um, angry, promiscuous uh, uh, wife who, who desperately wants to embarrass her husband. And she is, I mean, she only has what, like three scenes maybe? Yeah. Uh, and she's not even the main part of the scene. And she is so hilarious. Her, She commits 100% as well to the ridiculousness. Um, and just, I wonder how many takes they had where she's just <laughs> pawing rich Texans. <laughs> Uh, with a sloshing drink um we also i mean there's so many comedy actors in this um david kochner is in this um jack mcbrayer I, I mean i think yeah jake johnson uh the little boy he's done stuff his five-year-old ricky uh in the in his flashbacks but i mean there's there's just some really 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 great people here and uh including rob riggle who's in tons of adam mckay movies I guess, well, you mentioned one of the most famous scenes, which is when he, his dad's trying to teach him how to go fast again, and he sends, directs him to get in his car, and there's a live mountain lion in the car. And, and he says, he, like, you have to conquer the fear. Yeah, he's and like, he's like, if, like you can, if, you, if you can drive with a cougar in the car, you can, you can do anything. Yes, and of course, he can't drive very well with a cougar in the car, uh, but the cougar continues to make various appearances in in cars and what's amazing about it is they have a live cougar in many yeah. of the shots but then they'll cut it with what's Very essentially a cougar a puppet. hand puppet <laughs> yeah a hand puppet of some kind and it is i mean it's just it's hilarious it's it's a very much on the same joke structure as like uh the movie that i think is far inferior but the um the movie dodgeball when he's like if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball and throws a wrench like it's that sort of absurd mismatch like the complete ultimate improper analogy right like it has absolutely nothing to do with it but it's presented as though it's truly equitable uh we have some other scenes that i really love i mentioned the bar scene uh, with Amy Adams and Will Ferrell. They <laughs> essentially go on a date after he stopped racing. And she's like, plays this really mousy, like a really mousy, less forward version of uh, her portrayal of Lois Lane in Zack Snyder's um, Superman and Justice League films. 
And I have to say, like, she does this great, like, equivalent of taking off the glasses and becoming, like, the sexy librarian oh, thing. And now she's pretty because she took her glasses off. Took her glasses off, exactly. And she crawls across the table to what, which Will Ferrell's a very tall guy. He's bigger than me, and I'm, like, <laughs> over 6'1". Um, he's, so he's big, and she looks like a, a toddler size. And she's crawling <laughs> across the table towards him. And he just has these great lines, like, is this really happening? It's like a white snake video thing. Right. <laughs> like, and it's then just she starts whipping him in the face with her, her hair, hair, like a, like oh, a white like, snake video. <laughs> it's just like Tawny Katane. It's really, really fantastic. And, he, and then they just start making out, and he's screaming to the people, like, turn away. Although it's, you're, you're going to see something Stuff's you don't want to see. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen. <laughs> Um, and I, you just, you know, they had so much fun filming this movie because these scenes are ridiculous and there's so much improv involved. Um, we get clips over the credits of many of the tossed out improvs when they're improving like commercials, because there's a, a, a part in the beginning where they run through a bunch of sponsorship commercials that Ricky Bobby and his friend, Cal, John C. Riley are doing. And it's like, they're just absurd. And then finally, there's just one that's like, um, if you don't chew big red, then fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I don't, I really don't think there is a boring scene in this movie. The What I will say is that no matter how many times I've seen this, I forget the entire setup at the beginning, which is it doesn't start in the present um, yeah. with Ricky Bobby winning races. It actually starts when he's a child and there is, it's not bad or boring, but it's just a weird it's because i don't remember it it does make me wonder if it could have been more effectively introduced in another way um we have ricky bobby uh wanting to be fast uh not being able his dad not showing up and then his dad showing up to like career day at a uh, school no that's not where the movie starts his dad is driving fast while his mother oh, is in labor. His mother's in labor. And, that's correct. And his dad slams on the brakes, and that somehow induces his labor. Yeah, the g-force induces the labor, and then from that point on, like all he says is, "I want to go fast. I want to go fast." Steals a car when he's a small child. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so see and, again, though, I forgot, and yeah, we just watched it, this. It, yeah, it's not a it's not a super tight opening. It's supposed to be like, oh, this. This person was made to go fast. That's how he ends up in racing. But yeah, the the beginning is, um, yeah, like it the well, it doesn't punch quite as hard it's, because and it's, it's not a lot of dialogue. It's just kind of like things happening. Yeah, and it really does give us a fair amount. Like it gives us the backstory effectively. But I just I wonder because it's almost no jokes. Like you said, there's yeah. sort of a joke with the inducing pregnancy, but it's yeah. not. Inducing, and then there's a couple of inducing birth, not inducing birth, pregnancy. Sorry, inducing pregnancy is a whole different movie yeah. genre. <laughs> um, I guess I don't. I say I guess a lot because I could pick apart any scene in this film, but there are. I won't say there's anything new in this movie. It's just really effectively done uh, comedy with improv, um, and the introduction is mostly where that is not present. Because we're yeah. not getting dialogue. We're getting scenes. And yeah. I will say that also, as I repeat that that crutch phrase, I would think of the movie, I now present you Chuck and Larry with, who is it, Adam Sandler and, um, uh, why can't I think of his Mall name? Cop, Paul Blart. Paul Blart, yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry that I can't remember your name. Good, sir. Kev but anyway. Kevin. Ke oh. Uh, Kevin Smith, no? 
No, no not no, not Kevin Smith. Um, There's so many Kevins. I don't know. It is, yes, he is a Kevin. Uh, anyway, uh, this is when we fall off of cult film, my brain power sort of evaporates. Hold uh, on. But <laughs> but anyway, uh, I never pronounced you Chuck and Larry. I remember the Kevin person James. Was seeing it, Kevin James. Thank you. Two first names. Always hard. When I went and saw it in theaters with a friend, and we were super late. We came in like over half an hour late, which it's not a long movie, so whatever. But the thing is, is we came in and I actually found myself enjoying the film. There were really funny moments. And I was kind of surprised because I was not interested. I just went because there were no other movies that I hadn't seen in theaters. But I was like, okay, that was actually fun. So when it came out, I was like, hey, let's watch this at home again. And uh, I had never seen the first half hour. And when I watched it, it was abysmal. It destroyed the movie for me. Nothing was funny after that beginning. It just was that horrendous. It was just god awful. And I think of how this movie didn't get ruined by an imperfect opening. Granted, this mm -hmm. opening is less than 10 minutes. Uh, but And so I think it's not terrible. It's just forgettable in a weird way. None of our favorite characters are there except for Gary Cole. And we don't see him for a huge chunk of the movie. Um, yeah you know, after that point. So I wonder if it's effectively giving us some info, knowing it'll come back later. So it doesn't seem like a shock when he shows up, but I still think there's some more joke opportunity that could have been in there or yeah. it could have been real quick. You know, you could have done yeah. this whole thing in two minutes at, at most. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're wrapping around the end here. I guess if there were any other things that I, I didn't really love in this movie, because I'm expecting it now, because I know the movie fairly well, I, it didn't bother me. But when I first saw it, I hated his children. With You're supposed to not love them. They're really horribly... Yeah, it, it's actually... I know this universe is absurd, but the children are bad to a point where... You're it, like, no, no one would behave this way. And it's not... Yeah, it's beyond <laughs> funny. It's sort of just annoying, too. Like, yeah. they're so... You want... Just like the characters in the movie, you would like them to shut up. And they are still they are still not shutting up. Uh, I think they have some few funny moments like where they scream at adults like somebody some turd's gonna get slapped in the face because they're trying <laughs> to sleep. like but again, it's just so much until finally uh, Jane Lynch's character, the mother, like slaps them both in the face and says something and the little one is like, you're gonna break us like wild horses, ain't you? Like, and, and and they do and they become you know uh, loving children in this but uh it, it was a lot to take in the beginning and uh i you see scenes like that and i'm like i wish instead that they had more john c Riley, or i wish yeah. instead that they had another gary cole moment you know so those those are maybe missed but the movie is almost two hours long which is kind of shocking because that's long for an absurd comedy like this, but I did not feel ever like it stretched too far. We've watched shorter movies that felt much longer. <laughs> like an eternity. <laughs> and this one didn't feel that way. And I think it's because of so many strong scenes uh, or ridiculously fun scenes with strong characters. Yeah, there was a director once that said 80% of a director's job is just casting the right people. And the other 20% is, you know, the director controlling the project and like this is just a film where it's so obvious that with the right people it works yeah. whereas like obviously just without this cast is this this movie would have been in not at all yeah it uh, would not have would worked. have would have been a, a 
a flaming wreck that Tom Cruise's witchcraft would have to put out. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, um, something that's really cool about this movie is they do have a lot of real car stunts that are pretty impressive. Um, some of the really wild car crashes where cars spin multiple times were done with explosive jacks under the car. Um, they also, at one point, uh, I haven't been able to spot it, but they they apparently have like um, foot and a half or so remote control cars that they use to stage it. Um, and uh, I think most likely in scenes where you're not seeing them very close, obviously. I was say the then, special effects... I I couldn't clock when they when I was like oh yeah. like that's wrong. and it's in in this movie you think they almost could have this is might be going way too off topic but in Spice World there's a scene where their <laughs> bus is gonna jump a bridge and literally mm -hmm. it cuts from like the movie to like a scene with like a toy bridge and a little toy bus and it goes like Meep, over the the gap and I feel like in this movie they could have gotten away with especially if they were using toy cars for some of the stunts they could have mm -hmm. just made it very very obvious that that's what was happening. And they yeah. didn't like until you said that I thought all the scenes, all the stunts were done with, you know, drivers and real cars. I didn't realize they'd used. Well, and I mean, it is surprising to see a movie like this, a dumb comedy, as I tend to call them, uh, not as in not quality, just not smart necessarily or so smart to be that dumb. Yeah. Uh, the the effects are really great. Um, they really have car stunts and really impressive car stunts and i guess it's probably i wonder if it's not only did they have the budget available because of these big stars in this but also oh, sure. i wonder if, if it's because they knew that they would have a nascar audience and if they didn't have some impressive car scenes then people might be left wanting if, if they um, didn't actually have a bunch of cars making a left turn at 500 miles an hour they wouldn't get they wouldn't get their target audience to watch the movie. Everyone in the Midwest of America turned this off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I am elitist that's coast trash and I'm not afraid to say uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're critics. We're all about uh, elitism. So anyway, I really enjoy this movie. Uh, let's move on to recommendations as we wrap this up. Uh, just a couple of, of points to if you have the Blu-ray or the DVD, it's worth listening to the uh, commentary The there's because the commentary is completely made up uh there there are there are a bunch of completely fictitious <laughs> fictitious information for the for the entire run um and i, I just that you can't you can't beat stuff like that it's hilarious uh, another one was um uh trey parker doing the um doing the commentary for um cannibal the musical is another is a similar insane experience uh, but okay. always check those out because you never know you never know what you're gonna get um i don't think there's anything else to cover i really like this movie if you like dumb comedies watch it if you like racing who cares watch it if you really <laughs> if you hate will ferrell and you've seen anchorman i don't think this is going to change your view uh, i will no. say this is surprisingly one of the most not loud and crazy characters he's played in fact he often is the least over-the-top character in the scene um you know sasha baron cohen is lit i mean he might as well be licking the tabletops with how much he's <laughs> about to chew the scene um and john c Riley is 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 also sort of over the top uh his the the woman who plays uh ricky bobby's wife um who is uh uh excuse me, I forget her name, Leslie Bibb, uh, who does a good job. They, they're just all really over the top. 
And Ricky Bobby is often the quieter one in the center and the one questioning what they're doing. Uh, so it, it's it's unusual in that way, I think, for him. So I recommend this film. If you want to give it a shot, give it a shot. If you uh, are not wowed by anything we said, this isn't going to change it. What about you, Corinne? Do you recommend Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Rick and Bobby from 2006? If so, why and to who? Um, I definitely recommend this movie, um, especially just when I feel like there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in real life, but also a lot of heavy, like, again, not to go off the top of it, stuff like Yellow Jackets, where the acting is very, very good, but the subject matter is like cannibalism, mysticism, and murder. Sometimes you're like, I just want to watch something that's going to make me laugh. And this movie for sure does that. As you said, it's not a departure from Will Ferrell's other work. So yeah, if you're like, I thought Anchorman was stupid. I I don't think this movie is for you. Um, but you can be wrong. That's okay. You cannot like movies like Anchorman and Talladega Nights. But um, again, it's just a lot of comedians just really letting go. And to the point of absurdism that, again, you almost believe that these are real people because they so fully commit to the bit. Um, and that's always such a joy to watch. So yeah. If you need just something light and funny and low stakes, like like good people, good things happen to them, bad people, and they're not even like terrible people. They're just like not great people. Like they don't, they get their comeuppance in the end. They don't win at the end of the day. That's always just a nice, a nice thing to. Yeah. It's not like, you know, a flaming tire crushes the bad guy. Like the bad guy, there aren't really, the bad guys are just not good guys. They're not even really bad guys. The bad guys come up and says that Ricky Bobby gets his job back basically. Like after kind of being pushed out of his job. So it's, yeah. And and you don't really want him to get a huge punishment because Ricky Bobby is a total jackass to him (laughs) uh, in the beginning of the film. (laughs) Yeah. So, all right. Well, that is it for this episode of Colton Classic Films Podcast. Please join us next week when we talk about Cannonball 1976 with David Carradine. There's a lot to talk about. I can't wait to do it. So uh, we will join you next week for part two of Racer Racer. Please rate us all the stars wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe on YouTube, and join our newsletter at coltonclassicfilms.com because we've got some really big news coming up that I want everybody to know about. Thank you so much. And play us out as always is The Chud with All About Evil. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.